Wow, it's been quite a year, and I'm really glad that you're closing out the year with us here at Chase Oaks. Thank you so much for being here. Let me welcome all of our campuses, Sloan Creek, Woodbridge, Richardson, and Espanol. If you're watching online, I know this weekend a lot of people are traveling, and um, I know that some people have told me they'd be watching the service online as they were driving. I just hope don't watch your phone and drive at the same time, have somebody else doing that for you. But um, I'm really glad that you're watching online as you're out and about and traveling. So Happy New Year to you, almost. We're almost there. But we're closing out 2019. And I I thought a lot about this message, Um, had a couple of months to prepare for it. And I thought, what is it I should talk about to close out the year at Chase Oaks Church? And I remembered we received a lot of questions earlier in the year as we prepared a series, and we asked you to basically craft the series for us, and people turned in all sorts of questions. So one thing I thought about doing is just answering a few questions real quickly that were turned in. Um, So I'm going to do that just in the introduction real quickly to get some out of the way, because if you turned in one of these questions and it was not answered, I feel like we gypped you in 2019. So let me just go ahead and, and answer these for you. Um, and these are some of these questions are difficult. Um, most staff would fear to answer these questions, but I just thought I would take one for the team. Now, after I answer them, I may not be working here anymore after I give you the answers. But, hey, why not? It's the end of the year. Um, first question is this. Who would Jesus vote for in the 2020 election? Okay. So I could just ignore that question and just move on. But I want to be authentic and give you an authentic, real answer, because I do have a very strong opinion on this. Um, If Jesus were walking on this earth today, watching all that is going on, my guess is that he would likely live in Israel and he would not be registered voter in the United States. (laughs) So my hunch is he would not be voting in the 2020 election. So there you go. A lot of people ask us, why don't you say more and why don't you guys say more about the president and why don't you get involved in the election and Democrats, Republicans, independents and all of that kind of stuff? There's a very specific reason why we don't get into that arena. Um, We don't feel like that's an arena that we are called to get into as a church. We have one mission, one vision, and we want people to know Jesus. And we want a Democrat, an independent, a Republican, and no matter what your opinion is in politics, we want you to come as you are. We want you to experience Jesus at Chase Oaks, and we want you to know Jesus. And anything that's going to get in the way of that, we really don't want to mess with. So um, that's the deal. So so that was a serious answer. I told you I was going to bring it. So another question is, do our pets go to heaven when they die? Now, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, we did a series on heaven, and I had the privilege of closing out that series, and my job was to answer like the top 10 questions that people ask about heaven, and this was one of those questions, and then somebody just turned it in this year. Um, My answer did not go over really well when I answered that 13 years ago, but now I am older, much older, I am wiser, and so I'm just going to tell you I really don't know. Um, that's, that's a safe answer. Now I can talk to you about cats, but I, we won't, we won't go there. Okay. Last question. Someone really wanted us to do multiple people. A lot of people wanted us to do a series on the book of revelation. 
and talk about the end times. And, you know, are we living in the end times? Um, I thought about answering that because, and, and just walking through the book of Revelation, but it is the last Sunday of the year. And I have one shot. I have 30 minutes to talk to you. So I didn't think I could do that in 30 minutes. Um, so what I thought I would do is, is we could hear from a person who has, they're very, very familiar with visions, dreams, and hallucinations because they just had their third child and they are not sleeping at all. So just to make it harder for this person, um, if you will email this person right here, Eric Torrance, tell him congratulations on their third child, and then ask him to explain the book of Revelation, and he can do that real quickly for you. Okay, enough of that. I actually decided to talk about something that I think is on your mind. It's on my mind for sure as we close out the year. And I want to um, just highlight this question. How can we thrive in 2020? I don't know what your 2019 was like, but how can we thrive in the year 2020? How can we make it an amazing year? Not just a year that we survive, not just a year that we gut through and that we get through, but how could we actually thrive in 2020? Before we go there and look to the future, I actually want us to look back at the past for just a moment. You saw two minutes of clips from this last year. And in those two minutes, you saw some really good things, some amazing things, amazing accomplishments. And you saw some really ugly things, some of the dark side of humanity in some of those clips. My guess is your year has been some highs and you've had some lows, some great times and some stressful times. When I speak, I like to engage you in the talk. I like for you to be connected, and I like for you to participate. I am not a typical preacher. Um, I would rather be sitting at a Starbucks talking across a table with you, and that's what we're going to try to pull off right here. I want you to do something for me, and and I, I hate when speakers do this, okay? So I'll just tell you right now. Like, when a speaker does this, I'm like, yeah, let's not ever have them back. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And um, you'll see the reason why, I think, by the end of our time. I want you to jot down something or take out your phone, go to notes, and just make a quick note. I would like to know what your top highlight has been when you look back at 2019. This is the one time if, if you're you know, on your phone right now, you're like, see, I'm participating. I'm doing exactly what he said. Get out your phone, and I want you to just to jot down a quick note. What was your highlight of 2019? So do that for me. And this is the part that I'm going to ask you to do that I would not want a speaker to do. Um, Part of coming to church is, yes, connecting with God, obviously, and that's why we worship. Um, But part of coming to church is connecting with people. And sometimes it's easy to walk in, not say anything to, to anyone else, and then walk out, and that was church. So today I'm going to stretch you just a little bit. I speak about every two years. So if you don't like this, you're going to be like, oh, good, I'm good for two years. Um, I want you to talk to another person. And I want you to share your highlight. I want you to find a person that you can speak with. If if you're at odd terms with the person beside you, then you could like skip them and talk over them. But I want you to find a person. And if you're sitting by yourself, be bold, be courageous, look around and just barge into somebody else's conversation. And if you're sitting around someone who is sitting by themselves, just go over, introduce yourself and share your highlight and let them share their highlight. Okay, are we good with this? Oh, we're really excited, aren't we? Yes, we're thrilled. 
The other campuses, I bet you're thrilled to do this. Okay, you got about 30 seconds, so 15 seconds each. Ready, go. Wow, you actually participated. Just keep going, keep going. No, we're good. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for participating in this. I think it's actually super important that we connect with people when we come to church. And it's so easy just to slip in and not make a connection, not have a conversation with anyone. So, so again, thank you for doing it. Now, I will tell you, I'm a little bit offended Because I told you if you saw somebody who was standing by themselves or sitting by themselves, you would ask, tell me your highlight. Well, no one asked me my highlight. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking. I I will share that now. Um, I've got several highlights as I look back at this last year. And one of those is 10 days ago, my oldest daughter graduated from college from Dallas Baptist University. So, yes, good for her. She worked long and hard at that, and it's just a great accomplishment. So absolutely thrilled for her. Another highlight is our youngest daughter went on a GAP program last year, got college credit for it, then started school in Colorado at Colorado Christian, and had a great semester, so a great start to college for her. And, um, and that's a big highlight. And so I'm absolutely thrilled. Susie and I are absolutely thrilled as we look back this last year at two really cool things that happened in their life. Now, there's a dark side to that, and here's the dark side. Uh, My daughter, who graduated from college, is moving to Montana, and she's moving today, like today. So after I speak, I literally go get in my car, drive home, and we get in a packed car. We we have two cars that we're taking on this trip, and we are delivering one daughter back to Denver, and that will be tomorrow, and then the next day we deliver the other daughter to Billings, Montana, and then we come home to a very quiet house. So let me just give you a helpful hint. If you are a parent of young kids, here's how you can avoid my plight. All right? Yeah, you want to hear this. I I like the zeal and excitement. That's good. Like, please tell us. Um, Some of you may want your kids to move to Montana and Colorado. (laughs) But we were not that excited, but we're we're thrilled for them. But um, here's how to avoid it. When we took family vacations, we, um, we have relatives that live in Austria in the Alps. We have a relative that lives in British Columbia in the, the Rocky Mountains of Canada, and we would go see them quite often for vacations. And then we have friends that have places in Colorado, and we would go to the mountains of Colorado for our vacations. Well, as a result of them being one, two, three, four, and so on, and always going to these beautiful locations and mountains, not the concrete jungle of Dallas, um, they fell in love with the mountains. And they absolutely loved the mountains, and they are life-giving to them. So they decided when they graduate, they are taking off, and they're going to go live in this beautiful world and go explore and live in the mountains. So here's how you can avoid this. When you're selecting your family vacation and your kids are 2, 4, 6, 8, pick places like Glenrose, Waco, Conroe, Paris, Texas, and, um, and go there. 
Because I think if you do that, then when they are ready to sprout their wings and they're ready to go, they will think that Arkansas is just amazing. And that's where they will want to go. Or Oklahoma, like, oh, my gosh, there's another state out there. Dad. Like, that's what you want to do. 2019 also had some anxiety in it. In my personal life, there were several stressful situations, some dangerous situations, and some of that stuff is still going on. And my hunch is that you also look back, and although you've shared your highlights, you have some stressful situations that have happened, and some of those might still be going on. So here is my question for our day. It's not Thrive in 2020, but it is... Let's see. Let's get there. There we go. How can we thrive in 2020 regardless of the things that get thrown our way? We're going to have some good things that happen in 2020, but we're probably also going to have some tough times in 2020. And you're going to have some stress in your life. And my question is, how can we thrive regardless of the situations that get thrown our way? I want to make two simple points today. And I think they're so simple, you might actually remember them past lunch. That would be a great thing if you did. And here's the first one. The first one is this. We need people. We need people. I hope today by the end of our time that you walk away saying, you know what? I absolutely need people. And I know some of the people that I need. God speaks to us in three primary ways. One, through the Bible. This book has been preserved for thousands of years and goes from language to language, country to country, and God is using it around the world to help people know Jesus and to help people discover the truth. God uses the Bible. I hope 2020 involves you connecting with God through the Bible. God also speaks to us through his spirit. If you were a person who at one point kicked the tires of Christianity and said, okay, I'm in, I want a relationship with God, and I'm going to trust in what Christ did for me, and you have this relationship with God, then you have God's Holy Spirit inside of you. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and God goes with you, and God speaks to you through his Spirit. But there's a third way that God speaks to us, and that is through people. God speaks to us through people. And this one is tricky because... Listen to this description of people coming from me. People are tricky, quirky, difficult, challenging, weird, odd, a pain in the neck, a pain in the back, and a pain in the you-know-where at times. Now, I'm not talking about you, okay? I'm talking about other people. Obviously, I'm not talking to anybody affiliated with Chase Oaks. I'm sure you're all just amazingly wonderful and never a, a tricky, quirky anything. But in general... People are quirky and they're odd at times, and we are that. We are people. That's who we are. But here's the difficult thing. God has put needs inside of us. We have needs that, that can only be met through people. We have needs that God has put inside of us that can only be met through people. Not just through praying and talking to God, not just through looking at Scripture, and not just through saying the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me and meet all of my needs. God designed us to have a number of our needs met through people. And I will tell you, I hate this. You didn't expect a pastor to say this, but I hate this about being human. I hate needing people. I know that sounds horrible, but I really do. At times, I just hate needing people. In many ways, I just hate having needs. 
I'd love to meet other people's needs. That'd be awesome just to live a life of meeting other people's needs. But the fact is, you and I have needs that can only be met through other people. Now, in case you're just thinking, okay, you're really making this stuff up and stretching it a little bit, let's go to Scripture and just see what Scripture says about it. In Genesis, Genesis 2.18, this is the beginning of creation, beginning of the creation of mankind, and it says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So when God made everything, when he makes the land, the sea, the sea creatures, the plants, the animals, after every day he said, this was good, this was good, this was good. And then he makes man, and he said, this is very good. But then he turns around and says, something's not good, which is odd. But he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And sometimes we, we read this passage and we immediately just think of marriage. Like, oh yeah, that's when God designed marriage. But think about this. This is when God designed human connection. Human to human. Because he knew it is not good for man, woman, child to be alone. That's profound. But that's not just a principle written at the beginning. And, and by the way, this was before the fall. This is before sin ever entered into the world. It's still not good for man to be alone. Then you go to some of the wisdom literature in Scripture. And in Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. There again, it is not good to be alone. Then a passage that kind of blows my mind is a passage in Matthew where Jesus is about to go to the cross. This is God in the flesh, Jesus, fully God, fully man, and he's on this earth, and he's about to go to the cross to pay the, the penalty for our sins and to go and, and give his life, just as we remembered earlier through communion. And here's what he says. Jesus said to them, my soul is overwhelmed. Even Jesus got overwhelmed. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This is profound. Jesus wanted people with him, not just around him, but truly to be with him. Jesus needed human to human interaction and connection. Now, in addition to this, there are over a hundred other passages in scripture that highlight 59 other one another actions, actions like love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, Build up one another. Gene Getz is sitting right here, and he's the founder of our church. Yes, thank you, Gene and Elaine, for being here. And, and Gene has written a ton of books on the one another's. And what's so profound is 59 actions in Scripture talk about us connecting with each other. 59 one another's and it's mentioned 100 times. So when something is mentioned in scripture over and over and over and over and over again, it's a really big deal. So this us needing people and interacting with people is a very big deal. Super important. However, what if we were just to ignore it? What if we say, you know, I like most of the Bible. Um, I believe in God. I believe, you know, Jesus died for me, Uh, but I'm kind of a loner. And I'm going to kind of do my life alone. I might even, you know, come to church, but I'm not going to, like, connect with people. I might be in a group, but I'll just be in the group, and I'll just kind of make my way through the group. But I'm not going to connect deeply and relationally with people. We can do that. 
And a lot of times it's very tempting to do that, especially when you hit hard times and you don't want to share the guts of what's going on in your life. And we can isolate ourselves. Here's what happens in solitary confinement. In the legal prison system, when a person is put in solitary confinement, these are the physical symptoms that they experience. Hypertension, headaches, migraines, profuse sweating, dizziness, heart palpitations, digestive issues, abdominal pain, intense anxiety, paranoia, hallucinations, and impulsive self-directed violence. I don't know anyone who would say, I want to sign up for living that kind of life. However, I think we often choose our own form of isolation and our own form of solitary confinement by not connecting with other people at a deeper level. There was a Harvard study led by Robert Waldinger that started in 1938, a number of years ago, and he studied 268 sophomore men. And he found that our close relationships are what keep people happy and healthy throughout their lives. This is science. In addition to scripture, this is research. Relationships keep people from life's discontents. They help people delay mental and physical declines. They are better predictors of long and happy lives than social class, IQ, and genetics. Listen to this one. Use this one at the next physical that you have. He found that relationships were a better predictor of physical health than cholesterol levels. Very interesting. Relationships are powerful. They're physically powerful. So he and others conclude, eat junk with friends and live a long and happy life. (laughs) I find that very interesting. When we choose to live in isolation, we create a lot of false narratives about ourselves, things that are not true. But it's so easy for our mind to go there when we live in isolation. Let me give you a few of those. One of those says this. No one understands my situation. It's very easy to think when you're not interacting with people to think your situation is one of a kind and there's no way that anyone else understands it. Another one. No one really cares. People say they care. You know, they might say they care, but do they really care? Do they show that they care? Are they there for me when I need them? That's where our mind goes in isolation. Another one, no one can help me. I'm a lost cause. Or my situation is so complicated, I even contributed to it being complicated, so no one can really help me. And then finally, we can just think, no one truly gets me. I'm too complicated, or I'm too this, or I'm too that. That's a sad place to be. That's a sad place to live. When we choose to live that way, here's what we conclude. We lose belief in people. We lose belief in ourselves. We lose hope. And we can lose life. Did you know that suicide is the number two cause of death? The number two leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34-year-olds in the United States? Suicide. We live in in a very, very technologically connected world right now, more than ever before. We are digitally connected all the time, yet at the same time, we're relationally disconnected. And we live in a world that suffers from isolation and disconnection. The fact is, we have needs that only other people can meet. 
As Genesis says, it is not good for man to be alone. When you walked in today, you received a bookmark. And on that bookmark are 22 needs. I hope you received that bookmark. If you didn't, please get one when you walk out. I'm going to ask you to participate again with me in this message right now. I would like for you to look at that bookmark. As I said, there are 22 needs, and I would like for you to look at all of those needs and identify one need that you currently have. There's 22 needs. There's 22 listed there with definitions, so this could take a while. So I'm not going to sit here and have you, like, dissect each one. But just look over it real quickly and try to identify one need that you have, one relational need that you have right now. And in addition to that, I'm going to ask you to do one other thing for me. I want you to think of a name of a person that you could have a conversation with about that need. I want you to identify a name and just pray right now as you're looking at the need. Like, God, bring somebody to my mind that I could have a conversation with. It could be a family member. It could be a spouse. It could be a close friend. But I want you to have a personal connection with another person about a need and to get the taste of fulfillment in relationships and to get a taste of true connection. I'm going to give you one minute and one second to think on this a little bit more. And I'm going to play a song that just reinforces what we're talking about here. So we'll play a song, be thinking, try to read those, highlight one need and one name. And now a song. I hope you will take that contemplative process of thinking about your needs and a person to connect with outside of this service. Take it with you into the next few days and think about what do I need and who can I talk to about it? Now, there's one other point I want to make, though, before we go. And this one's important. We need people. People need people. But also people need you. This is super important. We need people and people need you. Because you're amazing. Now, three or four of you really believe you're amazing and you feel like you're God's gift to humanity. And I'm so thankful for you. That's awesome. I'm jealous in a way. But uh, we're all thankful that you're thankful and that you know how amazing you are and that you enjoy your amazingness every minute of your life. But most of us don't go around thinking we're amazing. But the fact is, you are amazing. And if I was sitting with you at Starbucks and we were drinking our coffee and looking at each other and talking, I would love to just tell you and look you in the eyes and say, you are amazing. You are absolutely amazing. I want to give you four reasons why you're amazing. And we're going to fly through this. 
four truths about you that make you amazing. First of all, you are created in the image of God. God did a lot of creating. He created a lot of things. He created a lot of amazing things, a lot of beautiful things that my kids are going to go and explore and see. But he created human beings in his image. And you were created in God's image to reflect God to other people. And you have a unique reflection of God in only one of a kind. So you're a big deal because you're created in the image of God. Secondly, you have unique strengths and gifts. God has given every human being a unique combination of strengths and gifts and talents. And he gave you those not to be kept to yourself because people need you. Remember, people need you and they need your strengths. They need your gifts. Our country needs you. Our culture needs you. The world needs you. Your group needs you. Your coworkers need you. And you have unique gifts and strengths to contribute. And so I hope you know you are a big deal. You are amazing because God has put inside of you unique gifts, unique strengths. Third, you have a unique story to tell. Now, a few of you, again, believe this, but most of us think our story and our life is a little bit generic and a little bit bland. I will assure you it's not. There is power in your story. There is power in your story. Some people have tapped into this, especially in the marketing world, and they just share people's stories all the time because stories inspire. God has given you a unique story, and it might be hard, ugly, Big-time highs, big-time lows, a lot of lows. I don't know what your story is, but your story has power. And God's Spirit will use your story in other people's lives. And finally, you have God's Spirit within you. If you have that relationship with God, God promises to send His Spirit to indwell you, to guide you, to comfort you, but also to share you with other people. So God speaks to other people through you using his spirit. That's a pretty big deal. So if you came in thinking you're not a big deal today, I hope that when you look at this list, you can say, wow, I am pretty amazing. I'm created in the image of God, and I've got unique gifts and strengths, and my story is powerful. And I have God's spirit, and I can let other people experience God through me. That is a super, super big deal. So how do you do this? How do you actually connect with people? Let me give you just a few ways how to connect with people. First of all, you'll notice on that card they're in quadrants. You've got four different quadrants of needs. These are the top categories, or these are the the titles for each one of those quadrants. One of those is just to be present. As someone told me, sometimes you just need to show up and shut up and not say anything. Sometimes no words are better than words. And just to be present with a person is powerful. So your presence is powerful. Another way to connect with people is to convey good. And you'll see that on that card. And that's to affirm people for what you see in them. We call these I see in you conversations. Where I look at a person and I say, you know what I see in you? And then you share what you see in that person. And I see in you conversations are like relational glue. And they, they breathe life into a person because they begin to believe that, Well, I am kind of unique. I do have strengths. I do have gifts. We need to share that with each other, and that creates connection. Another is to share truth. But be careful with this one. It's much better to be present, to convey good, establish a relationship before you just go sharing truth. I know some people are just truth tellers. They barge in. They don't know you from Adam. And I'm going to give you a piece of truth here because I'm a truth teller. 
I don't really enjoy those kind of people a whole lot, you know? Like, hey, do you, you have any kindness? Can you introduce yourself first? That would be helpful. Um, be wise with this one. Share truth when it's invited, when it's asked for. And finally, challenge action. I will at times go to people, and, and, and these are close friends, and say, here's a situation I'm going through at home, in marriage, with my kids, or at work. Here's what I'm thinking about doing, but I'm not sure I'm thinking clearly on this. Help me make this better. Help me make my thoughts and my plans better. Please challenge me. Tell me where I'm wrong. Poke holes in my logic. When you do that, you get great input and you create relationship there. You create connection. So my question in our last part of application and last part of participation is, can I just ask you a question? Do you know who needs you? Do you know one person that needs you? I want you to think of that person and write, make a note in your phone again or write that down. You're not going to, have to talk to people, I promise. We're, not, we're done with that part. But I would love for you to identify one person that you say, hey, it might be a neighbor that needs me right now. It might be a person in my family that needs me right now. It might be a coworker that is next to my cube or across from my office. Who is it that needs you? I promise there are people that need you. We need you at Chase Oaks Church. Because when you serve and use your gifts and talents, we're a better church, we're a more effective church. But you're a more fulfilled person. When, and you're going to thrive in 2020 when you realize people need you and you make those connections. So who needs you? I want to close by just sharing a, a vulnerable thought with you related to 2018 and 2019 in my world. 2018 and 2019 have been the hardest two years of my life so far. And I don't say that to be dramatic. I'm just being honest with you. Definitely the hardest two years of my life so far. It's been filled with multiple challenges with work. Not many at work. Chase Oak staff are amazing, so they don't really give me a hard time. But it has had some challenges. It's been filled with challenges with extended family, hard stuff with extended family, hard stuff within my family, and more. It's been messy at times, hard at times, hopeless at times, and amazingly hopeful at times. Again, not to be dramatic, but just to shoot straight with you. There were a few days I wanted my life to be done. And there were other days where someone else out there wanted my life to be done. And I've been told that. It's taken me far too long to believe and live out the message that I've spoken today. But I truly believe God has used people in the last two years and close friends in the last two years to carry me through difficult times. And what I know as I look ahead at 2020 and I think if I'm really going to thrive, because some of that stuff is still ongoing. If I'm really going to thrive in 2020, the last thing I need to do is isolate myself. I need connection with people. All those needs on that card, they come into my life at times. All those needs on that card, they come into your life at times. I beg you, don't be a lone ranger. Don't think you're a superhero and that you don't need people. You need people. We need people. I beg you to fight isolation with all of your might. Fight it. Seek some people out and say, help me not isolate myself as I go into this next year. I need connection. I need community. And I want to go there. And if you find yourself saying, well, I don't really know how. Thanks for giving me some hints and helps. But how do I get started? Let us help you get started. 
We have amazing groups. We have amazing teams. If you just go out to our guest area, I loved it today. I talked to a lady after the first service, and she said, I'm going through a rough time in my marriage, and I took a, a, a brave step, but I'm alone. I need to talk to somebody. I need somebody who can walk with me through this. And she says, I'm going out to that guest area, and I'm talking about a group. i got to get in a group. And I just I celebrate that. I love that, that she's just taking an action to connect. And if you find yourself alone, take that action. Go out to our guest area. There's a great team of people that will help you connect. We need people, and people need you. If you're going to thrive in 2020, please embrace that. We need people, and people need you. Pray with me. God, I thank you for the fact that you do speak to us. You speak to us through your word, through your spirit, and you speak to us through people. And I pray that 2020 would be a year of connection for every person that hears this message. I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to have conversations, to solidify some relationships, to start some relationships, so that we can experience you through others, and so that others can experience you through us. And God, as much as I don't like it, I thank you that we have needs, and I thank you that you use people to meet those needs in our life. May it be a great year of thriving as we connect with people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.